Good morning, y'all. This is Dana from DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services in Financial Aid Compliance Solutions, and I'm happy to have y'all joining me this morning for our live podcast. Uh, today's show is going to be about student loan interest rate and origination fees. Um, as some of you may know, uh, the current interest rates um, that were published, um, basically they're on hold right now um, for at least until September 30th uh, due to the CARES Act, um, the extension. But recently the interest rates for the new loans have been published and I wanted to just uh, provide that information to y'all. Now these interest rates are for direct loans uh, that will be dispersed. Their first disbursements will be on or after July 1st and before July 1st of 2022. So what that means is, is that if you uh, are enrolling in school and your start date is going to be July 1st or beyond, you're falling into what we call in the financial aid world the new award year, and it's known as the 21-2022 award year for us. Direct subsidized loans and direct unsubsidized loans for undergraduate students are going to be going to a fixed rate for these loans of 3.73%. How that is derived is, is a 10-year treasury note high yield is at 1.684%. And the government adds 2.05% to that figure to derive to arrive to the 3.73%. For direct unsubsidized loans for graduate and professional students, that fixed rate is going to be 5.28%. And for those uh, parents, that are going to be taking out PLUS loans for dependent undergraduate students or graduate students and professional students that are going to be taking out direct PLUS loans, that fixed interest rate is going to be 6.28%. And again, as no I noted or at the beginning of the show, in response to COVID-19 emergency relief period, the interest rate on all direct loans has been temporarily set at 0% until at least September 30th of this year, 2021. That also represents the end of the fiscal year uh, for the government. Once the COVID-19 emergency relief period ends, the rates as described in this announcement will be in effect for loans first dispersed on or after July 1st of 2021. Now, if you have loans that have been dispersed prior to, then the interest rates, the fixed interest rates that were published for the 2020-2021 award year, so meaning those loans that were dispersed on or after July 1st of 2020, through July 1st of 2021, uh, that fixed rate um, will go into effect again uh, once uh, the deadline has uh, ended for the COVID-19 emergency. 
At this point in time, we're expecting it to end on September 30th. However, um, there could be updates that are provided to us as uh, the summer goes along. So I will be providing that information to y'all with those updates. Now, on to origination fees. When the loans are awarded and processed through the Department of Ed, there are fees that are charged for processing those loans. The current origination fee for sub and unsubsidized loans for undergraduates and for graduate students and professional students right now is 1.057. So what that means is, as an example, on a loan for a dependent student, for a sub or unsub loan, for $5,500, it's $58.13 for that loan to be originated. So that's the fee. For a plus loan, it's 4.228%. And what that means is, is that if you have a plus loan that you apply for, whether you're a parent of a dependent student or a graduate or a professional student applying for a PLUS loan, the example used is $10,000, you're gonna pay $422.80 for that loan to be originated. Now, the $10,000, when it gets dispersed, the origination fees are taken away from those disbursements, but you're still paying the $10,000 or back to the $55,000 hundred dollar example, you're paying $5,500. So when um, traditionally for first year students, there's a limit for first year, $3,500 in a sub loan, $2,000 in an unsub loan for dependent students without a plus denial. And then if you're considered an independent student or a dependent student with a plus denial confirmed, your uh, loan limits are $3,500 in a subsidized loan for the first year and $6,000 in an unsubsidized loan. So what that means is, is that the $3,500, when it is dispersed, it has to be dispersed into disbursements. And, and typically your school is going to tell you what the time frame is for these disbursements. They, guidelines dictate from the federal student aid program, USDE, that they have to tell you when the disbursements are being processed or requested for processing. So typically it's going to be, if you're in a clock hour school uh, program, uh, meaning your first year is 900 hours in length, a definition for your academic year, your first loan disbursement is going to be for the first hour to the 450 hour. So that's your midpoint. That loan for the 3500 is going to be $1,750, but you're actually not going to receive $1,750 because the origination fee is deducted. So it's going to be $1,732 I'm for that first disbursement. Likewise for the second disbursement. So just to 
let everybody know that that's how that works. Um, when it comes to the unsub for a dependent student, the first disbursement uh, typically comes out as uh, $990 um, with the fee deducted. Uh, so that's that's how that works. Um, and with the um, with with the changes that are coming up for October first, because the fiscal year for the department starts, that's the government start of their fiscal year. They've announced that the origination fee is going to stay the same. So what that means is is for any loans that are going to be dispersed on or after October 1st, the origination fee will stay the same. It used to be that um, due to what they call sequestration, um, which when it, it, it was a federal regulation that went into effect um, quite, a, quite a few years ago, actually. I, I, I don't know the exact award year um, that it did go into effect. I, I can do some research and we can go over that in another podcast. Um, but the sequestration, um, it used to be that we were changing those percentages um, on an annual basis, which meant that all the loans that were processed and ready for disbursement that hadn't been dispersed as of October 1st uh, for that particular year would have to be changed with the new origination fee rate. Um, and I can tell you that that is quite the project um, to get that taken care of. So uh, this year, um, I can say that everybody was doing a happy dance in the world of financial aid to know that we don't have to go through that process this year. Um, just for an example, last year, um, we went through that process and we went from 1.059% for the sub and unsubsidized loans down to the 1.057. So um, that's just a little bit of history on what we do in the back room uh, for those of you that may not be familiar with that process. So uh, again, happy dance for this year and not to have to worry about that. So uh, that's a little bit of information I wanted to provide y'all um, today with the changes that are occurring. And um, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to send me an email um, with your questions. I, I, I would love to hear from you. Um, and that email address is danderson at dasfinancialaidconsultingservices.com. Um, just a little bit more information. Um, we've got a deadline coming up. So for those students that may have started or are enrolling prior to July 1st, if you're going to a career school um, or technical school, make sure if you haven't already done so that you have completed the 2020-2021 FAFSA. If you haven't done so, you've got to get that in and completed prior to June 30th because that deadline is looming. Um, you also want to make sure you complete the 2021-2022 FAFSA. And the reason for that is, is because depending on where your EFC is, it could determine that you could get a greater Pell Grant or loan, subsidized loan eligibility, 
based on your estimated family contribution, which is the number that dictates uh, federal student aid eligibility. So if you um, have not completed it, again, don't wait until June 30th, though, because June 30th is the deadline. And because of timing wise, where central processing system is, they're in the Midwest um, in Iowa. And if you're on the east, um, you would end up, you know, having to deal with that time change. Um, also, and making sure submission was completed, and you would have to make sure you have a valid EFC on that application. Sometimes, due to um, simple um, technical glitches, um, the EFC may not be calculated. And one I can think of right now, which has been going, um, which has actually been showing up in quite a few files that I've been reviewing lately, is that parental signatures were not. Um, the, the parents never signed the student's FAFSA, so no EFC can be calculated. Um, also, if uh, marital statuses are entered um, incorrectly and uh, tax uh, filing statuses are um, not correct, sometimes that can throw the system off and not produce a valid EFC. Um, so the rule of thumb is in order to um, determine eligibility for federal student aid, you have to have a valid EFC. And uh, again, you don't want to miss that deadline. And it doesn't hurt to complete it. I mean, you know, if you don't get awarded aid out of that award year, that's fine. It's just going to be on file. Nothing's going to happen with it um, because once, once the uh, FAFSA closes out, um, we have just a little bit of time to get those files awarded. And I can tell you that um, the deadline for awarding Pell Grant for the 2020-2021 award year is uh, September 30th, um, which is, again, the same deadline as uh, the COVID-19 emergency deadline um, extension. Uh, but again, we don't wait until September 30th to get those uh, awards completed because uh, awards and disbursements need to be completed for Pell Grant. Um, prior to July, uh, I'm sorry, September 30th. So um, that's a little bit of more information about what goes on in the back room, but that's why deadlines are um, something that you want to keep an eye on. Um, so make sure that um, you as a financial aid professional have been in contact with your students as well, just to make sure all of that has happened. Now I will tell you also just a reminder uh, 2021, 2022, we had an increase in Pell Grant. Um, so students, it was $150 increase. Um, so it may be to the student's advantage just to be awarded out of the 2021, 2022 file. But again, you're not going to know that um, unless you can review both of the files and uh, make sure everything is set. Um, and one last thing I should notate too, on 2020-2021 files, there is also a deadline coming up um, for ICER corrections. And uh, that means that the information on the FAFSA um, for those in individuals that may be being awarded or right now are in compliance, uh, meaning com uh, verification has not been completed yet or there are C code resolutions that need to be completed, 
you need to definitely make sure that you get those files completed as soon as possible. I can't tell you how many files I reviewed today. I'm not today, I'm sorry, this week, I should say. Um, and for some reason, these students started back in January and they were just being awarded this week, or I couldn't award the files this week because there were still uh, conflicting information that needed to be resolved on the files. So again, make sure that you're up to date with your students on what needs to be completed on these files so they can get their federal student aid because at this point the students are going for free or they've been paying out of pocket unnecessarily and then you're going to have to deal with um, refunds um, for those students uh, that have been paying out of pocket. So again, just uh, work with your students and students, if you're listening to uh, this podcast, um, thank you. Um, but also, don't be afraid to contact your financial aid um, representatives and talk to them. And if there's anything that you do not understand uh, regarding your federal student aid, make sure that um, you ask those questions. Um, and again, I'm available for any questions that anybody may have. Um, and you can contact me again at my email, danderson at dasfinancialaidconsultingservices.com. And also, um, I'm on social media, so uh, you can also um, get in touch with me there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under Dana Anderson. You can direct message me, or you can also um, contact me via Facebook. Um, my personal page is actually under Dana Anderson Sharples, um, but I do have a business page set up for DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services. Um, dot com as well. Um, so look me up there uh, too. And I'm on Insta, but I'm just not quite as active on Insta, but I'm going to be working on that over the summer. Uh, so thank you again for uh, joining me. Um, as always, it's a pleasure to um, have you all. Um, and I really um, appreciate all of the support. Uh, lastly, I just would like to share and thank everyone um, for those of you that have been listening to me for quite some time, uh, the podcast has set a couple of milestones. We have over a hundred listeners, so I'm very excited about that. And um, I'm also very excited to um, announce that I have we have over 600 uh, downloads of the programs, and soon uh, be offering some patron. Um, episodes. Um, so if you're interested in that, and those will be more for training. Um, if you're interested in participating in those, then uh, become a patron and uh, you'll get some nice little perks with that. And uh, I want to thank the other idiot savant that just joined me. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Well, until next week, I hope everybody has a great week and uh, Enjoy your uh, weekend as well. I want to say that um, it's heating up here in the Northeast, so that's, that's a plus. Now, if we could just get a little bit more rain, that'd be even better for the gardens. So take care and uh, enjoy. 